Welcome to Leading with Hope, sponsored by Keller Williams. Your host is J.D. Bellamy, and we believe life with God is better. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms by simply typing in Leading with Hope. And we're back. Welcome to Leading with Hope. My name is J.D. Bellamy. This is sponsored by Keller Williams. And man, let's get into today. So we've been talking really about uh, the God of the gap. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen um, to the previous podcast that we put out. But it's really about how God can serve as gap insurance. Maybe there's some deficiencies in your life. Maybe there's some discrepancies in your life. Maybe there are some areas in your life where it just seems as if, man, the only way that I'm going to make it out of this or make it through this is if there is a God, if there's someone to step in and help me. And friend, I got good news. There is a God. And there not only is there is a God, there's a God that cares about you, that loves you. His name is Jesus Christ. So I want to I want to jump in today. We've just been talking about the God of the gap. Um, yeah, you guys, you're going to be a little confused if you don't know what I'm talking about in, in regards to gap insurance. So I'm going to encourage you to go back and catch uh, the replay on that. Hey, today I got a question for you. Do you remember the first time you drove the car? Do you remember the first time you drove your first car? Let me ask that. Do you remember the first time you received your license? Oh, how good it felt to finally drive yourself. The first time you got those licenses, you didn't have to be under your mom's control, or your dad's control, and you just got out the house and you were able to drive yourself. Oh my God, did it feel good. As a matter of fact, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Leaving the DMV, I snatched those keys so fast from my mom and told her bye so fast. Oh, my goodness, it felt good. Only a couple of months later, when I realized how expensive gas was, I was back in her face asking her, you know, hey, how are you doing? Do you remember the first time you went to your class in kindergarten? You probably don't remember this, but I remember my first time. I cried like a baby. It was almost as if I was watching my mom and dad leave me in prison the first time. I hated it. I had withdrawal issues. I'm like, why are you guys leaving me for the first time? What about what about the first kiss you've ever had? Now, I, I <laughs> it's funny because I remember the first time I kissed my fiance Leah. In fact, I remember it like it was yesterday. Now, now, now this has a little, it's kind of comical. Uh, you know that awkward space where you want to kiss all the guys will appreciate this where you want to kiss your girl but it's like eh, should i kiss her should i not like is she gonna reject me because i don't want to get denied like we one thing we're not about to do is get rejected so it's like eh, i gotta make sure she wants it so i leaned in went for the kiss you know of course i landed the kiss people However, after I kissed her, she looked at me and said, you've been waiting all day to do that. And I said, the audacity to say that. Uh, there's something special about the first time. There's just something special about the first. I, I think it's because the way you start something can sometimes dictate the course of how that thing goes. There's just something special about how you start something. Matthew 6, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added. What things are you talking about, JD? Well, in this particular verse, uh, Jesus was telling the people that were listening, he's saying, hey, when you seek me first, 
everything else that you need is going to be added. When you seek me first, if you're looking for shelter, peace, joy, hope, happiness, love, when you seek me first in my kingdom, which is the king's domain, when you seek me first, all those other things are going to be added. What was he selling those people that he was talking to? He said, hey, I got insurance for you. Here's my insurance. It's safety and security. The audacity of Jesus to challenge those that were listening to seek him first and not the accoutrements of life. I love it. Romans 4, 1 through 3. I'm going to give you these verses up front today. It says, what then shall we say? What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? The scripture says this, that Abraham believed God and it was a credit to him as righteousness. Man, JD, are you telling me that the only thing I have to worry about is just seeking going after God? Like, what does that even mean? Because that sounds very spiritual, but God is not literally in front of my face. How do I go after someone I can't touch? How do I go after someone that I can't really see physically? What does that even mean? It means you pursue his heart. I think about it this way. If you want to get to know someone, whether be it platonic, platonic or romantic, you get to know the characteristics. You try to understand the way they think. You try to understand the thought pattern. You try to converse with them. <laughs> Have you ever tried to get to know someone, and, but you did all the talking? Like, imagine how weird that would be to say, hey, how are you doing? I just want to get to know you. But when you get to know that person, the only way that you get to know that person is that you do all the talking. Yeah, that, that, that's not going to work. The same is applicable spiritually. When we say that we want to get to know God, when we say we want to go after God, it has to be mutual. And, and, and it is. The first thing I want you to know is that God desires a relationship for you. If you're taking notes, that's the first thing is that he desires a relationship with you. But in any relationship, there is mutual dialogue, not monologue. Oh, there's nothing worse than talking to someone and have them hog the entire conversation. Is that how we pray? Like, like when you talk to God, I don't know where we got off being very deep or spiritual or weird. But when we talk to God, I hope that it's not a monologue. Right. I, I hope we don't go to God and say, hey, God, this is going on. That's going on. I want this fixed. I want that fixed. You know, I got a flat tire yesterday. My car crashed yesterday. Thank you. All right. Bye. Ah, there has to be a space and a time that we take, we breathe, that we look for God to speak into our lives. That, that you and I, we, we can't afford to just live life and to tell God our requests, but not to expect him to speak in our lives. Uh, one of the ways that God speaks, and you can write this down, one of the ways that God speaks is through simplicity. One of the ways God speaks is, is through simplicity. Uh, I, now, now, believe it or not, when I went to college, one of the first things that I desired to study when during the first semester of my college 
uh, career was um, law. I wanted to be an attorney. And I was studying political, political science. I went to a school in Ohio and I was studying political science and the College of Political Science closed down. I said, okay, you know, I get it. It's okay. No one told me that the College of Political Science closed down. In fact, I thought I was still studying political science until I went to my dean of academics. And they said, JD, what's your major? I said, um, political science. And they're like, yeah, we don't have that college anymore. I'm like, wow, nice timing. And so then I went from Ohio, came down to Florida. I was attending a school in Florida and I studied political science. And behold, the College of Political Science at the school, the second school I was studying political science closed down. And it was in that instance that I said, okay, God, you win. I get the message. You don't have to do anything else. I understand what you're saying. I'm gonna listen to what you're saying right now. What are the things that keep reoccurring in your life? What are those signs that just keep happening over and over? One of the things that I do, I take notes in my phone and I, I wish I put a pen to paper. I love the journal, although I don't do it as much as I should. But I do write those things in a note section of my phone as a marker. I write it in my phone as an altar. Back in these biblical days, what they would do is that they would have a rod and a staff. And on a rod and a staff, you may have heard of David. David said, your rod and your staff, it comforts me. What, what David was saying is back in these days, they would have a rod. Now, a rod is just a long stick. It's a staff. It's almost like what you would see either an old man walking with or a king having a staff. And uh, what a staff would serve, it's two purposes. It served as authority, but it also served as memory. Now, on these staffs, what they would do, they would write, memories of what God has done for them. So if there would be a father and the father would have experiences of what God has brought him out of, and he would scribe those experiences on a wooden staff, and that staff would be passed from generation to generation as memory of what God has done in their life. And I think that's so important. You know, I, I think it's so important that we have a memory, that we write down those things. You know, those impossible things that we deem to be impossible, should I say? I think when God does those things in our lives, we should write it down. Why? Because testimonies can be used as momentum for the future. And I love it so much because I think one of God's primary ways that he uses what we call gap insurance, he uses it to tell us, hey, if you pursue me, the contingency is you could, you pursue me, and I'll take care of the rest. How amazing is it that God would remind us consistently saying, hey, first thing first, that, that, that's me. You should, you should pursue me. Okay, some practical ways, because maybe I'm getting too deep in spiritual right now. Let me give you some practical ways. And I'm not exempt for this. And as a matter of fact, I felt that this this morning. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Do you grab your phone and check the, the stock market Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or do you fall to your knees and just pray? Do you say, God, I thank you so much for waking me up. I thank you because you put breath in my body. Thank you. This is what my grandma would say. She says, thank you that I'm above the ground and not in the ground. I think it's so important that you and I, we remember that 
the contingency to this gap insurance is that we have to be in pursuit. That daily you and I should be in pursuit of what God is doing. God, what are you doing in my family? What, what, what are you doing on my job? I know you don't have me here by happenstance or coincidence. I know it's divinely orchestrated and set up by you. So would you reveal to me today what you're doing? Would, would you allow my interactions with those that I meet and to not be casual, but to be divine? Allow me to speak a word of encouragement into someone's life. Would, would you allow me to let someone leave better than they came? Would you allow me to just lift someone up? And friends, can I encourage you and tell you that when you and I get to this level where we're consistently pursuing the heart of God, he will reveal himself to us. It is his good will and pleasure, according to the Bible, that he will reveal himself to his sons and daughters. God is not hiding. He's not, he's not far off saying, hey, peekaboo, find me, hide and seek. He's not playing hide and seek. He's saying, hey, no, I've given you the road map to find me. And it is his good pleasure that we pursue him and that he would reveal himself to us. One of the scriptures we read today was about Abraham. The Bible talked about Abraham. The Bible says that Father, I don't know if you guys know this. There's a song that Father Abraham had many sons. How many sons did Father Abraham? I, I can't believe I'm singing on this podcast. Uh, but the Bible talks about how Abraham had many sons. And so you see, to have many sons in these days really denoted to wealth and influence and prosperity. Well, the Bible said that Abraham had many sons and that he was a father of many generations. But but when I went back and I began to study Abraham, when I went back and really began to dig and study Abraham, what I found out, it wasn't because of Abraham's actions. Like it wasn't because of what Abraham did. Although I, obedience is a major factor, and we'll get to that a different day, but it wasn't because of obedience. The Bible says it was because of his belief. Oh my gosh, I know we're running out of time, but can I just tell you that believing is free? In a world where there's so many doubters, why would you doubt yourself? In a world where there's so many people critiquing, in a world where there's so many people saying what's not going to happen, in a world where there's so many people saying what's impossible, why would you put energy, influence, time, and effort doubting the gifts and the calling that God has put on your life? Belief was so important that the Bible says that because Abraham believed so much, God looked from the balcony of heaven and he said, you know what? Man, that's righteousness. Here's what I pray. I pray that we believe. I pray that you and I believe that in the finished work of Jesus Christ, what would JD, what is that? That's the gap insurance. That's a good, that's the acceptable, that's the perfect. And I pray that we believe in ourselves. I pray that you and I believe that the God that created the universe is the same God that has put the skin on our bones, the hair on our heads, the breath in our body that has set us up for a time as this. Hey, listen to me well when I say this and I'm going to go, but listen to me well. 
Leaders are born for the time that they are needed the most. Would you think about some of the issues that you're facing? Maybe it's in work. Maybe it's some of the issues that we're facing as a nation. Maybe you're called to solve some of those issues. Because here's what I know is that a leader is born for the time that they're needed the most. And if you weren't needed, you would not have breath in your body. I want to encourage you to let you know to pursue that thing that God is calling you to. Pursue it, pursue it, pursue it, pursue it. Maybe, maybe you're, maybe you thought that, man, I just, I can't do this. I tried and I failed. I didn't say it'll be easy. But what I am saying is that you're graced for it and that you have insurance. If you fall, he'll be there to catch you. Let me pray with you. God, thank you so much for those that's listening to this podcast. Thank you because I I feel like today that you're calling us back to some of those first some of those first desires, some of those first visions, some of those first goals that you put in our hearts. And maybe life just had a way of plucking that out of us. But God, I pray today that you remind us, remind us that it's you that have given us those visions, those dreams, those ambitions, and allow us to pursue those things. We would love to hear from you and connect with you. Please join our online community by simply DMing us and we would love to add you to our online hope groups.